FM Rewind. Bow 88.1. Today we are honouring and looking at um, His Excellency Hakan Ewald, who has been a member of the Swedish Parliament from 1994 to 2016 and also a member of the Parliamentary Committee on Defence Issues until 2011. Um, he went on to serve as the chairman for one year and between 1995 and 2002, um, Ambassador Ewald was also appointed as the advisor of the Ministry of Defence and delegates to the Parliamentarian Summit of NATO between 1995 and and 2011. We are going to get to know him as well. Um, he was also a photographer and journalist for the Social Democratic newspaper, um, which is named Austria Smithland, um, better known as Austrian. And that was in 1980. And from 1984 to 1990, he served as a board member for the Swedish Social Democratic Youth League. Right now, he is an ambassador um, to Sweden in South Africa. Good morning, so thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Welcome to Area Code. Good morning, good morning, and such a long and interesting introduction. <laughs> wow, wow, my whole life. <laughs> Your whole life indeed. Don't you sometimes get surprised, though, at so many achievements that you've already come, uh, that you've already <laughs> had? I mean, you're so right, you're so right. I served in the Swedish parliament for 23 years mm-hmm. and realizing, my God, that was life. Uh, but now I'm the Swedish ambassador to South Africa, and that's my main priority, and I love every single minute of that well how has it been um you mentioned that you love every single of being a part of of um serving in the swedish parliament but how has it been what are some of the challenges that you have experienced and have encountered in the swedish parliament well after i mean 23 years in parliament and during that time i was also the president of the largest political party uh, the labor party uh, of sweden of course there were daily challenges um to um, try to solve problems of youth unemployment, um, how to achieve higher level of skills development in my country, how to make sure that Sweden could continue to be one of the most innovative countries in the world. Uh, we are that, and but that's that needs a lot of strategy behind that. So it was a daily work, daily challenges uh, during 23 years as parliamentarian. Uh, but I enjoyed it, and I also enjoyed to being part of uh, taking decision how to, in the best way, organize the society. So I think that's me as an individual. That's the way I would like to live my life. Oh, yeah, Excellency, um, you have served in the Defense Force for a while as well. You mentioned many other things that you have mentioned um, right now. How has it been having to be an advisor um, within the Defense Force? I mean, there's so much that goes on there, and it's a very, very crucial and critical um, department. Yeah, you're so right. And just a slightly correct, I was not part of the defense force. Uh, I'm not a military guy. I don't have the military background, but I was advisor to the minister of defense uh, because defense is a tool for government. And I don't want the generals to take all the decisions within the defense force. Uh, The defense force is organized of the values, democracy, human rights, labor rights, or whatever. And it's also up to parliament and 
government to take every single decision on in what way our defense should be equipped and what kind of missions they should take part of. So I was that kind of advisor. I have no idea how to run uh, a, a machinery on, and how to shoot and how to, to, to fly an aircraft or a submarine or whatever. <laughs> so I'm not a military expert, but I was advisor to the minister when it comes to how to organize our our military defense, but also the other defense, our vulnerable high-tech societies are very vulnerable. And you don't need to use armed forces to bring a country to the knees. You can operate that from far distance via internet and the bank system will not work. Um, you will not even be able to flush your toilets nothing will work if uh, someone is acting in a negative way to destroy your critical infrastructure at the country on a country level that was my profession can we talk about the relations between Sweden and South Africa um, it's been relations that have been going on for I quite a while now how has that been for you well, you know, I'm 61 years old now, and when I was 13 years old, I I became an active member of the Swedish support team to the anti-apartheid movement here in South Africa. I was just 13 years old. Uh, some of my friends, they were still playing with toys, and, and some were playing football, and, and some of the cool gangs, they went to discos. But I was organizing different uh, studying uh, of the situation in, in South Africa and the struggle. And uh, I was standing up to my knees in the cold Swedish snow, raising money to Radio Free and other important parts of the struggle. So since I was 13 years old, uh, I've been very, very close to uh, the anti-apartheid uh, fight. And uh, I organized tours. Vusi, for example, your, your brilliant musician, I invited him to my hometown and he played. And uh, the, the poet David um, Makura, uh, Matera, Matera uh, also visit my hometown so uh, that became my life uh, and I remember very well when now President Ramaphosa then um, activist told the world that you should boycott Shell oil company and I remember so very well I was standing outside Shell in my hometown giving out leafletters telling don't fill up your gas here and then my dad came and he said my son what are you doing here and I said you, we are boycotting Shell now because we are supporting the anti-apartheid movement in, in in South Africa. Free, free South Africa, free liberated people. And of course, he turned around and filled up his car somewhere else. So I was just 14, 14, 15 years old then. Well, I would think he would shove you in the car and say you are going home now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, he strongly supported me doing this. No, that's so beautiful. Um, not to put you on the spot or anything, sir, but can we talk about um, what's happening right now between Palestine and Israel? Um, do you have yes. any thoughts on that? And has the Swedish government tried yes, it's, to it's, innovate? It's a complete tragedy. Sweden was one of the first countries to recognize Palestine as a free and independent sovereign state. And, and uh, there must be peace immediately. And uh, the... the the terror attack on Israel must be condemned. But on the other hand, there is no right for any country to use that 
level of violence uh, to hit civilians that are used in wars and conflicts of today. So this war, this conflict must immediately come to an end. And there is no other solution than a two-state solution, a free Palestine, a free Israel, neighboring each other, living in peace. And that is possible. Let's have Sweden and Denmark as an historic example. For more than 300 years, Sweden and Denmark, two neighboring countries, we did whatever we could to kill each other. And we were in war for 300 years. Uh, And wherever you are walking in the southern part of Sweden, you are walking on bodies of dead Danes uh, during the war. Uh, And the same in the northern part of Denmark. Today, and since more than 200 years, we are the best neighbors. We are the best friends in the world. So this can be achieved. So... It can't continue the conflict that this is right now. Can we talk about um, the journalists, actually, and the hardships that we they go through there? I mean, you have, being a journalist once upon a time, you yeah. can probably understand um, how torn they are and how things are going, considering the fact that some of them cannot even come out to report on what's happening. They have to find mm. safe places and spots, and you don't even know when a bomb is going to come out, um, no. you know, just pop uh, out of nowhere. What kind of words of encouragement, if they could hear this interview, would you give to them? Democracy can never survive without freedom of speech. Democracy can never survive without free media. And that's why I'm so concerned that authoritarian regimes all over the world are doing whatever they can to control journalists. And democracy today is on decline all over the world. And the threats against journalists are all over, everywhere. We don't have free media in Russia or China and so many other countries where the political elite decides what a journalist has the right to write so and report on. So we need to stand up for journalists, the free media. The day when free media is dead, then democracy is dead. Then, the, then we don't have any chance, any chance at all, to get the information and knowledge that we need to survive in a good way on this planet. So I'm I'm the strongest advocate of free media and free journalists that you can find. Well, sir, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to you. We honor you today. The great work that you've done, not only for the Swedish, um, the Swedish country, but also for the South African country. May you continue to do great and amazing work and may God bless you. And we would, we look forward to working in your footsteps. Thank you so much for calling me. And it's a true privilege to be here in South Africa as a Swede together with all brilliant South Africans. The future belongs to South Africa and the youth in South Africa, I admire them every single day. So thank you so much for calling me. Thank you, sir. Well, the voice you're hearing on the other end is that of Sweden's um, ambassador in South Africa and his name is Hakan Uhold. He's done great and amazing things and not only has he done great and amazing things, we look forward to walking in his footsteps. I mean, you look at his timeline, you look at his his biography, how he fought for freedom, how he fought um, for other countries as well. It is just beyond amazing. FM Rewind. Bow 88.1.